And welcome to episode 67 of the Varangian Heresy podcast. My name, as always, is Jody, also known as Painting Chap. And on tonight's episode, we have something very special for you. Uh, one of our favorite guests is on the show, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics. But while I tease that out, it's more important that I introduce uh, who is with me. And in my virtual studio, or in our virtual studio this evening, should I say, um, there is half the one third of the other half of the team. Work that out. It is maths. It does make sense. Um, and he's sitting over on my left, atop, atop his fence post, because you know that's where he lives these days. Um, is the one and the only Magnus. How are you doing, buddy? Um, excellent. Yeah. How are you, Jody, this evening? I am doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. I am uh, recovering from a fun night out last night and. No. Yeah, I mean, I hate. I was good. I didn't drink a thing. I was responsible. I was driving. I still feel hungover. I think it's because I'm old and you know not used to being up so late. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, that's the downside of being just really, really old, Johnny. It is. It is. Shut up. <laughs> but fair, <laughs> very fair. Can't argue that one. Um, and sadly, not on our right is is the is Freddie. Freddie is Freddie is out in bush. He is out out on maneuvers, doing super secret stuff that we probably can't talk about, or he'll try and kill us. I don't know. Um, or he's just getting drunk in the field somewhere. I can I can never tell. That's yeah. That's more probable than him actually doing something useful. This is true. This is true. But it is all for king and country, so there, we have to be a bit careful because you know he might actually be doing something. Or telling people to do something that might actually no no he's out drinking in a field. Let's be honest, he's out drinking in a field. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. Well, so on tonight's episode, let's get that out. Since I teased it very quickly a minute ago, we have the one and the only the the myth and the legend that is uh, JP from the Age of Darkness podcast. He is on to uh, talk with Magnus, Freddie, and myself. Um, and we're talking all about narrative gaming. Uh, now, narrative gaming is something that's close to our hearts here at the Vrangian Heresy. Um, and I think it's super important as part of the hobby. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it, was, it was a great segment to record with JP. Yeah, he really is the master, yeah, really is the master of uh, all fluff and uh, stuff, stuff involving all the... All the narrative and stories, backstories, yeah, and I mean, yeah, he can go on forever. That man, and that man literally, he literally has a black belt in yeah. Black Library. I mean, you know, he's he's a yeah. seventh level Dan Abnett. That's what he is. Um, <laughs> he, he he is all about the fluff, and we love him for it. Um, so yeah, we have a, we have a yeah. really nice segment on that, and we do hope in the future to actually uh, get him back on and talk a little bit more detail. Uh, rather than just about creating a narrative as a whole when you're trying to tell stories, which is what we're on about this evening, specifically to look at how to forge a narrative for your army and forge an, a narrative army. You know, so a bit more specific. We're going to try and narrow it down because I think that's going to be a fun, a fun topic to look into at a future date. 
especially as the two of us are starting up new armies. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a good thing for both of us to get into, if nothing else. Um, speaking of which, yeah. what have you been up to in the hobby recently, my friend? What have you been doing? I have uh, magnetized my Warlord Titan, or half of it, because half of it I put Magnus on wrong again, so I drill them out. Uh, then my Salamander's army is actually coming along. After the Scandus, I've actually started painting my own models Yay. again. Yay! <laughs> so now I put, uh, put on the green metallics on uh, my Pyroclast, my Pyrograkes, uh, Attack, Dose Squad, and a... Um, Whirlwind Scorpius. Check you out, man. Fucking knocking it out of the park yeah. there, huh? Yeah, and the Scorpius I've repainted like three times now because it's an old one of my oldest vehicles. I bought it like three or four years ago and I didn't clean the resin back then for oh. some reason. <laughs> so oh. when I masked, masked it off, um, the paint came off down to the resin on some parts of it, so I had to like repair and redo the sides yeah yeah no i, I remember seeing that I, you showed us pictures of that recently it's like yeah. oh my god oh. no i just it was one of those just was like just as a hobbyist it's like oh god i'm gonna cry <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's really it's really bad when you especially with the metallics and stuff and you have to redo everything can't just patch it up because it looks like shit if you patch it so uh, just repaint the sides again and repaint the doors again. Yeah, it's yeah. what it is. Such is life. Such is life. Such yeah. Is life. How about you, Jody? How's your new army coming along? My new my new army is it's taking shape at the moment. I'm I'm in the middle of building. Okay, so I've talked about it before. I'm doing a. Um, I'm going to do a rogue trader themed uh, cult and mili uh, cult militia army, a militia yep. army. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm looking at as many of the elements as I can to make them stand out. So one of the cool things that you can do, if you take survivors of the dark age, yeah. you can put, uh, you can give your command squad a um, land raider, land raider Proteus. Yeah. So, I'm giving my squad a Land Raider Proteus. <laughs> uh, but what I'm doing is I am Frankensteining together a Land Raider Proteus and a Sakaran. Ooh. So, um, what I parts am, go where? Well, what, what I've decided to do, because what, what I was looking at is going, right, this is going to be a rogue trader, and he's going to have been gone for like ages and he's ended up hooking up with the iron warriors and you know he, he's kind of maybe been you know bitter towards the, the imperium or whatever you know he's got his backstory i haven't worked it out quite yet but mm -hmm. what i wanted was some unique looking vehicles because it's like yo xenotech and you know just generally being out there and you know kind of like you know you have to sort of mash stuff together if stuff breaks you know, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. So I was looking at it, and I had these two kits I got from Yoran. And I'm looking at it, and somebody else has done it online. They've done, like, rhinos with Sakaran sides and everything. I'm like, hmm? I like how they've done it, because they they did that with the rhino front 
so the Sakara, normal way the Sakaran sits with like the narrow end of the, the wheels at the front and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was always playing around and going, yeah, it kind of looks okay. And then literally I just turned the send the, the main body of the Land Raider around and went, hang on a second. Ah, you reversed the tracks. Yeah, so I've got the big ends of the tracks at the front, which looks very Land Raider. And mm -hmm. then you've got the main body coming out, and it's it, it's almost it's it's not as high in certain areas with the silhouette, but it looks really good. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I've decided to keep the the last sponsons from the Sakaran as well, because um, yeah. I just think they're the best looking side sponsons out there. Always have. As soon yeah, as I saw them, I'm like, yeah. I, yes, <laughs> they're beautiful. They look so cool. <laughs> yes, I will have. Yes. <laughs> and then, then very much right behind them are the laser destroyer arrays from you know the big tanks, the four the four stack version. They're, yeah. they're just gorgeous. Um, but I spent hours, and I actually tore apart two chimeras to try and get the parts to <laughs> fit into the side uh, behind those those port those uh, sponsors because you need somewhere for the, the dudes to come out but, yeah because yeah, you have to have that i mean you can't you can't you know I, I couldn't justify like messing around with the proteus model to a point where i like put the engine stacks on the sides and i have a ramp at the back because it's not a proteus it's not that tank you know, mm. so I spent hours butchering things, and I went, "Oh, wait a second! The armored Proteus has armored sides with doors on them." That is true. That is true. I should try and measure this, and then I sort of lay, stuck it up against it. And went, that would have saved me two models and about an hours worth of tinkering. <laughs> uh, so that, that's uh, could you fit the doors on the sides of the? I could, but it was just like you, you could you could just do straight up doors on there. But one, it looked weird because mm -hmm. like just flat, like like Rhino Rat Land Raider doors, like the, the basic doors, yeah. looked just weird on the chassis. Uh, and then it would be like I'd have to find a way of putting a frame in around them to fit it. And then there's like you know you got a plastic card and level it up and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like eh, okay, I could do that, but it just doesn't feel right. It feels. Excuse me. Feels a little too much like a Sakaran at that point. Yeah. And then just putting these on and realizing, like, okay, well, if I keep the, you know, on the Proteus, you've got like the section where the last cannon goes in in front of the doors. So you take the last cannons out. Yeah. Don't have them there. Don't have the bottom section. Just have the the sort of top overhang. It adds a really nice profile to the tank. And you know, there's there, there's still a fair bit of like plastic card and green stuff work needed to fill all the gaps that the chassis where well, the chassis don't measure up. But mm. it looks good. <laughs> yeah. it, I, yeah. I, I happen to think it looks pretty good. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty solid, man. So I'm I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see the results once. Yeah, once some. I'm still out. trying to work out the color scheme, and that that's what's bugging me more than anything. Because you and I have talked about this, and yeah. it, it's bugging me because the um, uh, what do you call it? The, the color scheme is that I want to go something... I'm an old Empire player. So I yeah. really kind of want to go something old Empire style if I can find a way of doing it. Um, but finding a good color scheme that sort of works on Cadians and that sort of body, which is what I'm using, and looks good on tanks and is going to stand out, it, it's proving to be a bit more of a challenge than I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, but I have to say, I think you're right with the um, the idea of uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
having the sort of dirtied up scheme. Uh, yeah, have a clean scheme and then just dirty it up, yeah. uh, like an old empire, yellow, blue, or red and blue, or something like that. Yeah, maybe like Outdorf or Norland or something. Mm. Which you can have um, because I've got some stuff. So I found some techniques for doing effects that I want to have a play with. So mm. I'm thinking they'd look good on like the bigger stuff, like the tanks and things. Um, actually, if I'm just I know everybody in the podcast can't hear this, well, they listen to it, but I will put them on our page. But I've just sent you uh, some stuff on fa- uh, Messenger directly, so you can actually see the images that I'm uh, the, of what I'm talking about. Uh, for this, I'm calling it dubbing it the Sakara Raider right now. <laughs> the Sakara, ah, it'll look cool once it comes out. Yeah, I think it just needs it's going to need some paint on it, and it's going to look good. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that bad boy at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> it takes some getting used to, though. Oh, it does. I mean, looking at it, you look at it and go, what the fuck is that? And it's like, okay, <laughs> this is what it is. Here are the main elements. You know, it's a Ladrader Proteus. It's got the so. And the funny thing is, it's not any wider in the main chassis. It's just the sponsons are a bit wider because you've got the, yep. the, those bits on there. But if, you know, you can put it next to a Proteus and it's roughly the same size. So yeah. that was, I think that was my biggest thing is I didn't want it to be something that looks ridiculously big and wrong mm. because i think that would be that that wouldn't be good basically it would be like it would feel like modeling for an advantage yeah and that's not what i'm about doing so um yeah i don't i didn't want to do that i wanted to have uh, i wanted to make sure we hit you know i had something close to it at least yeah so yeah, I uh, it'll be good when it comes up. I hope so, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's that's what I've been working on, but I'm I'm also working on finding all the bits for for the army and stuff, like uh, as many uh, mechanicum carbines as I can find, and trying to find a good head swap for the Cadian troops and stuff because mm. I don't particularly want to go with just bog standard Cadians. But you know, no. best you can do, you know, have a play with it. You've got, I've got a resource. I've got to use it. Buying like a hundred freaking models. <laughs> <At all. laughs> There's no way I'm doing that. I just can't do it. Ain't gonna happen. Um, so yeah, what can I say? It's all good. Yeah. Um, where are we? So yeah, that's what I've been up to. You've been working on your Titanicus. We've been, you know, I think we're still. Getting over Scandus as well, if I'm honest. I think, yeah. you know, I know I am. I'm still sort of recovering from Scandus, uh, which is awesome because, you know, if you hopefully everybody who's listening to this has listened to the episode and how much fun it was. And yeah, it was awesome event. Oh, it was so good, man. And we are already way deep into next year. Yep. Very much so. Very much into to- into next year and the crazy, crazy plans. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be awesome source, and I can't wait to let people know what we're actually doing, and more just as importantly, where we're doing it as well. Exactly, because that's going to be so much fun. Uh, have we seen any news go up? Is there anything? I don't think there's been anything heresy related in a while. Forge World than... No, not other than Forge World is fucking all the countries over. Yeah. As usual, but that's not news. It's just. Yeah. 
I guess I guess if you want to use Lord of the Rings models for a cult militia army, you could do that. There's a rather awesome House Escher bounty hunter out model that's yeah. been out for a little while. That's kind of cool. There's yeah, a... the Necromunda stuff could be useful. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm using uh, Van Sargang as my bodyguard unit. So I'm going to oh, be yeah. converting them up with some oh, amazing helms from. Um, uh where did I get them from? Puppet Wars. Okay. Yeah. They do good stuff. Um, but I have to say, they have released this gigantic skull host of corn dragony thing. Yeah, I saw that. That was nice dragon, model. Dragon looks awesome. I mean, I love yeah. a good dragon model. I really do. Um, I mean, I think one of my favorite models that, that they used to have is the um, Dracobold dragon, the female dragon rider, you know, the giant, tall. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that one Which on one Forge Wars site. Uh, I can't remember her Which name. Which Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful model. I, I, I'm so sad they don't have it anymore. At least I can't find it on their site. Um, but it's out there somewhere. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I know where I can find it. Um, but yeah, please, can we have some Heresy miniatures soon? Please. World. Do you know what would be amazing? Could you please... Redo and re-release the Gorgon tank for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, it's like you know, I've always, I've always loved the tank, especially like yeah. the brilliant image of like somebody. Uh, I think it was actually Forge World where they filled it with like Death Corp of Krieg models and everything, and yeah. they're all standing. It looks amazing, and it's, it's a World War Two points, and it's a transport, and I can have it for my Colts and Militia army. But you've taken the model away, goddamn you! You've taken it from us. Give us our model back. I want it back, damn it. Uh, <laughs> because I, I have no have idea why they're cancelling stuff like this. But I, I don't know. I, I, I never remember when it disappeared from Forge World, so I have no idea. Quite a while ago. Though. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it's been a while since it's gone. Uh, but I, I don't remember the particular reason behind it. I'm sure somebody will probably be listening to this and screaming at us why it's gone or whatever. But it's one of those models that they should bring back. I mean, you know. Yeah. Unless, Everybody loves them. Yeah, unless the, unless the mold it's is cool absolutely mold. destroyed, bring them back. Um, Make a new fucker. Yeah, exactly. Or, new. you know, give, especially with the militia, just, you know, give us access to some of the models that you do have. Like maybe the <laughs> Crassus Armored Transport, Armored Assault Transport, because that's a gorgeous model. I'd love yeah. access to that one, but I don't have it in my list. Apart well... I like. I can take it as a super heavy, uh, but mm, I don't really yeah. want to waste my super heavy slot on an armored transport. No. I can take the Gorgon as a troop transport, even though it's technically a super heavy. I can take it as a troop transport. So, give me an option. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I, have, I have actually have some news yeah. that I was not aware of. It's not Harrison really? related, but it'll get everybody off again. Oh, do it! Bring it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I played the uh, game of 8th edition last night. Oh, dude, triggered. <laughs> yeah, and for some odd reason, during the latest FAQ, I never read the FAQs for 8th edition, but I've seen some bantering and I checked it out. So with the new rules, all models with the key keyword fly, which means uh, your every, all your flyers and jetpack and jump pack units and everybody that flies in some some way 
they are now limited to only using their flyability during the movement phase, not during the assault phase. So, which means that if someone has a Storm Raven flyer and I have a Cestus assault ram, Mm -hmm. I I can't actually charge the Storm Raven with my Cestus assault ram if they have troops on the ground between us. Because it can't use the flyability during the charge phase or assault phase. And this is 8th edition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can actually screen a flyer from close combat with ground troops from other flyers. Uh Uh-huh. Hashtag master race. Hashtag what the fuck. (laughs) Yeah, both me and my friend playing when we noticed rule because he plays with a lot of uh, blood angels, uh, like sanguinary guards and that company. And he was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> yep. yep. Your entire army is now fucked. There we go. Thank you, Games Workshop. Yeah, because I'm guessing skimmers can go over the top of tree. Whoa, okay. That during is- the movement phase. Yeah, not, but the not during the phase. charge phase. Not during the assault phase. Okay. Huh. So screening is yeah. the shit, apparently. Yeah. Oh. Not weird. Not weird at all. There we go. The trigger for this episode. Yep, there we are. That's our our triggered moment. Welcome, everybody, to being triggered, because, yeah, (laughs) fucking 8th edition. Yeah, dumbass. Oh, my God. I mean, to be fair, there was literally something. I, I didn't read the FAQ, or I didn't read the rules beforehand. There was something about jump troops, like... Being able to do like be within like over the top and auto charge and I don't know, I don't know. Somebody who's played Eighth Edition again is probably screaming, "It's go, you're an idiot! You don't know what you're talking about." Damn right, I don't know what I'm talking about because I have no intention. <laughs> Damn of dying. right, and we don't care. I have no intention of finding out. But, uh, <laughs> I'm old. I'm crotchety. I'm sticking with what I know. Get off my lawn. I don't like it. Get off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Yeah, there we are. Done. Done and done. <laughs> oh, I love it. <sighs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've all been triggered. Nice one, Magnus. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear God. Oh. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, send us in your best uh, your best rules screw-ups from 8th edition. We'll read them out and trigger everybody on air. You know, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll, you find something funny, we'll, yeah. we'll trigger the heresy community with it. We don't care. Oh, that's a point. Do you know what? I forgot to do that. Yeah, I haven't talked about our social media shout-outs. Oh, such, a, such a rookie. Ah, well, true. that's a perfect intro. So, if you want to trigger somebody with 8th edition rules, or just want to give us some, um, some information <laughs> about your army, you want to talk narrative stuff, especially after tonight's episode, drop us an email, thevranginheresy at gmail.com. Uh, you'll get, it'll come through to all of us. Uh, you can hit us up via the Facebook page as well. Uh, message us directly through there. Um, we are on Facebook at the Varangian Heresy. Uh, yeah, the Varangian Heresy. Uh, I don't think we've got a podcast in our name anymore. I can never remember. Uh, the Varangian Heresy. And we've got the Varangian Heresy podcast group. Oh, no, we are the Varangian Heresy podcast. We haven't changed that yet. Um, so, yeah, we, we're on there. We're on Instagram at Varangian Heresy and Twitter because we Twitter things. Uh, most importantly, um, right now we are on Patreon. 
uh, patreon.com forward slash the Varangian Heresy. So if you like what we do, if you like put, listening to us banter on and talk random shit and trigger people for 8th edition heresy chat and stuff, <laughs> um, pop on over to uh, the Patreon. There'll be a link in the, in the show notes here. And if you like it, consider giving us support. And if you go on to our $4 a month or above um, actual pledge level, you will be uh, you will come and join us over in the um, the High Lords of Terror, which is our closed podcast group, uh, where we will be doing stuff and things and fun stuff and generally shooting the shit and talking stuff. So you know, come on over and join us and be part of our craziness in an even more closed environment, because that's what we do. <laughs> Yes, we don't safe do safe spaces. This is this is this is us. I mean, if we do, if we did yeah. safe spaces, Freddie would Freddie would never be here. Is the he doesn't do safe spaces. He makes them. He makes spaces unsafe. Is that what Freddie does. <laughs> yeah, and in those spaces is where yes. we so hide lucky, the Freddie sex just find one. <laughs> so actually, to be fair, yeah. I, unless there's anything else we need to talk about, I can't think of much else we need to bring up right now. Uh, we've covered we've covered all the important stuff, and yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we do have um, a rather awesome segment that we need to talk about right now uh, with 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 the wonderful JP. Yeah. Um, so, God knows if, why you are listening to us and not them. But if you're not listening to the Age of Darkness podcast, go over and listen to the Age of Darkness podcast. They're amazing. They do great stuff. Uh, we love we love their chat. Oh, yeah. I am oh, still. Yeah waiting for the last part of their narrative series to drop and jp needs to stop being such a a, a radical union dude and get it get himself get his priorities in life straight <laughs> and stop being red and be heresy get on with it you know we need our episodes man we need our information we need we need our storytelling um stop yeah he needs to stop yeah do a thing. Do a thing for the heresy revolution. Just make it happen, man. Um, so, actually, I think without that's where we go. Uh, without further ado, we're going to go out to some music. Be warned, it might be dubstep. I don't know. It's been one of those weeks. I've been listening to random soundtracks. You never know what might come in. Um, and we're going to go out and we're going to come back with me, myself, Magnus, Freddie, and the beautiful JP from the Age of Darkness podcast, and we're going to be talking all things narrative, which I hope, as I said earlier, is going to be the start to something beautiful as we go further down the narrative rabbit hole. So we'll be right back after this. You're ready to eat. 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 You're ready
And we're back, and as promised, it is the time to talk with all things narrative. And th- there's only one man that we could call for this. Uh, I mean, he is—he is the voice of heresy. I mean, if you've ever heard us record anything or have recordings of any dramatic pose, um, any way, shape, or form, you've heard this man's beautiful voice. And he is the the lead host on one of the most successful podcasts out there. It is the one, the only, JP Matthew. How you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, and and once again, I very much appreciate uh, the humbling words. Uh, I, do, I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> the, the motivation tape will be coming out sometime circa 2019 <laughs> if I can ever get myself in a proper recording studio. But seriously, thank you for coming and joining us tonight, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've got you for a limited time, so we're going to dive right in. Um, so, like I said in the introduction and just then, we're talking about narrative gaming and how narrative, narr- building a narrative as a whole. And there's so many areas that we can cover in this, but that's why we've got you here, because you've been it's something you've been driving uh, like an like a steam train when it comes to um, the uh, Hella Furian campaign um, that you guys have been putting out over on the Age of Darkness podcast, and anybody who's ever listened to any event roundup that you've ever been to has heard the the beautiful story of 
every sergeant, lieutenant, and, and knows that their, their family <laughs> waiting for their food stamps and everything to come through from, from high command. Um, so, and, and if anyone has missed this, there happen to be some live streaming videos on our podcast page that may or may not be uh, R-rated. <laughs> it may not be safe for should we just make that clear? <laughs> but well, it, it was like two in the morning, Freddie. We were fucking drunk as shit. <laughs> that is true. That's true. I don't even remember how the game ended. But... It's what we call classic heresy, then, um, because that's how that rolls. Um, but yeah, no, seriously. Um, when it comes down to it, though, like I said, narrative and forging narrative is a big thing. But as 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 a GM, as a player, as you know, somebody puts this stuff together. When you start. What's what's key for you? Um, the first thing you need to do is is have an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, before you go anywhere, you have to have a, a general idea of what you're trying to do. Um, whenever you do narrative um, gaming or narrative campaigning, first of all, we all kind of do narrative gaming, even if you never really thought about it. You're still kind of doing it as soon as you're playing. Um, a game like uh, the Heresy, uh, like Horus Heresy, as opposed to uh, maybe 40k. Um, already, you're taking part in a narrative. You're taking part in a story. Uh, that's what makes uh, 30k uh, uh, a little bit different uh, than 40k. Even though 40k does have a story and everything like that. Um, but 40k is more of a setting. It was always designed as a sandbox, as a setting. Um, whereas as the Heresy is closer to um, a sort of fake historical war game. So already, if you're playing... Like, think, think if you're uh, an Iron Warriors player, like uh, Jody and I, um, and, 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 you know, you, you sit down for a game, and the guy in front of you is an Imperial Fist player. And you just look at it, it's like, oh, this is going down, buddy. This is going down. You know, already you're, you're I, I hate to use the term, but, like, you're forging a narrative, right? You're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're taking part in, in, a, in a story, even if you don't really think about it. Um, so the, the, the first thing... If you're going to start uh, something more complex, um, start designing a, a, a storyline and designing a campaign, first thing is you need to, to understand with your gaming group, with the people that you're going to be playing with, you have to have an understanding of what you're trying to do. Um, what kind of campaign is it going to be? Is it going to be um, using the conquest system from book four? You see, it took me like five minutes to get into it. <laughs> there you go. Finally. Um, uh, uh, uh. So you, you, you can do like something very complex and uh, and with with mechanisms and points and all that, or you can do pure narrative um, uh, campaigning, uh, which is just um, creating a storyline um, with your friends, and then it becomes more of an RPG than than a, like a strategic uh, or a grand strategy game, if you if you understand what I mean. So you need to understand what you're trying to do. Um, and I think the reason you guys uh, had me on is to talk about what specifically um, we did with like pure, <laughs> with a pure narrative uh, campaigning. Um, yeah. If you want to, uh, like, I, I encourage everybody, however, to look at the Conquest campaign system because it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it is the, probably the best campaign system. Games Workshop has produced dozens of different campaign systems. You know, like the ladder campaigns and uh, all, all that kind of stuff. But the Conquest campaign system is the best. Um. But it, it, to, to do a pure narrative campaign, you have two ways to go forward. Um, either you, you go rogue trader style with a game master, you know, who develops a story, and then you're pretty much RPGing. But that, that's, that's what Warhammer 40,000 was in 1987. Um, 
you, you needed a, a, um, a game master. Um, or you can do what I have always done, and I do believe works well, um, is uh, uh, telling the story together with your friends, with the people that you're going to be playing with. Um, so the, the, thing, the first thing to do is to understand what you're trying to do. Second thing to do is um, start developing a basic outline of, of what's this story that you're trying to tell? What's the, uh, why are you, uh, where is it? What's going on? Why is it important? That kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, after that, you can start building some some very you know basic stuff. Um, it's of course you know the, 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 there's a million places to get inspiration, but um, I think that the, the the best thing to do is to just start start thinking of what kind of story you want to tell, and and, and sometimes the story will develop almost naturally, like. W- w- um, is this going to be like what kind of planet are we fighting over? Because we're going to be fighting over something, right? Because it's a war game. Um, so what, what are we fighting over? Is it a, is it a hive world? Well, if it, if you decide that it's going to be a hive world, that already starts to um, uh, put flesh on on the skeleton of your story because you know that you're going to be playing some some vicious street to street warfare. You need to pull out the city fight rules. You need to start thinking, okay, what kind of cities are there? What uh, what's important strategically? Um, like, why are you fighting over these cities, and and what are they called? <laughs> um, and and if you start developing it in 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 like a slow, um, sort of just adding stuff slowly, um, it, it's not it's not that difficult. Um, the major pitfall I think people sometimes do is they write themselves into a box, like they get too detailed, and then your story has nowhere to go. Um. So it's not it's not useful to actually fully you don't need to have a 300 page write up of um, your system or, or or your sector or your planet or the city on the planet that you're fighting over. Um, these you need to let yourself develop it naturally, um, organically almost. Because uh, 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 you kind of need to find a balance between actually having enough of a skeleton and then have the games actually creating as their own story as well it kind of adds on to the story so have enough room for your miniatures or whatever your champion and stuff uh, like going on with games and that actually adding on to the story so the story can grow absolutely that's exactly the point i mean the story uh, uh, if your storyline is too restrictive and you have like a very clear idea, uh, you you have a very uh, um, yeah, restrictive idea of where you want the story to go. Well, yeah, the games don't matter anymore. Then what do you? What do you? I mean, this isn't this isn't exactly theater. I mean, there there is chance. There's there's the games have to matter. So the easiest thing to do turns it a reenactment. Yeah, if you try to steer it too far. Oh, you can do reenactments though. I mean, um. There's, uh, for example, uh, if you look at the uh, the Siege of Rax books, and you you have you can you yep. can replay the Siege of Rax. It's all there, down to like individual how many individual models are here and there. Um, Is that a good like borrowing someone else's to start out with, just to like feel on how it is to play a more narrative version of like ordinary third game narrative in itself? But you know what I'm getting at. Somewhere to start out, not to try to write this a copy of Conquest. 
for those starting out, I mean. Well, it becomes more of a what what if scenario because you, yeah. you re, re, replay those scenarios, but you don't really reenact them because then the outcome would already be set. But you actually, mm. you, you t it's like doing Stalingrad you know, all over again. But what would happen if I didn't push over there? What if happened if I withdrew before the fucking encirclement and so on and so on? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What, what uh, would be like a good good starting point for someone like trying? So it's usually one guy trying to get the good narrative into his like club and stuff like that. Where would you like start out, JP, Mastro? Well, again, I think you have to start out what 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 kind of story you're trying to tell. Um, and, and, and again, let, let's look at Stalin. Like I, I mentioned, um, you know, uh, uh, say that we're fighting over Hybrid. We all, all decide, okay, look at our terrain collection. We have tons of, of buildings. Makes sense that we should, you know, be fighting over a Hive world. Plus, you know, everybody likes city fights. It's fun. Um, so then just start thinking about, okay, um, look at it historically. Um, History is always a great place to go. Uh, maybe resist the, tempt the temptation to Stalingrad because everybody does Stalingrad. <laughs> Even Games Workshop did. Um, they had a camp. Remember Tsarograd? Uh, yeah. So even even Games Workshop's done their own Stalingrad uh, table and everything like that. Maybe not do Stalingrad or you know you know pick and choose in it. But there's there's tons of historical um, urban um, urban battles. So you can start looking at that and get inspiration for a little bit of like how it would run its course and everything like that. Um, names are always are always a pain in the ass. I'm not good at that. Thankfully, I got Mark, my my co-host, and 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 um, the the person I I I I play these games with. Uh, thankfully, he's he's a genius for coming up with names. But there are some tricks that you can have. I mean, um, l just start uh, take a a, a um, take an actual city name, for example, and just move letters around. For example, uh, uh when we did uh, Helferian, we we had this this massive important battle called the Battle of Sebastok. Well, that's just Sebastopol. I just moved some letters around. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's it that that's an easy way to do it. Just um, now, as for well, if, uh, getting... if you're completely lost, just use a random fantasy name generator online. Yeah. Or oh, the, 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 there's tons of those. Oh, watch, uh, watch Star Trek and you pick some random names out there. Or yeah, that always. <laughs> Yeah, uh, even at, oh yeah, like Helios, for example, like the, the sector where we're playing, right? The, the, we've been developing that since the 90s. Um, we've always sort of done the, these campaigns in, in this sector. And now we're doing what's happening 10,000 years before because we always used to play the 41st millennium, of course. Um, but like Helios, we, we ripped that off of, I think it was from Space Above and Beyond. I think there was like Helios sector. So we just kind of ripped it off. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Fight over Zahadoom. Why not? Like, who cares? <laughs> Um, but, uh, there's nothing wrong too with, with, um, playing around with, with established storyline. Um, for example, like what, ha what happened on Krieg during the Horus Heresy? We don't know. It, we know it, it's before it was a, uh, atomically cleansed, but what is going on? They haven't really developed it. Use that. Um, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going, uh, and, and, and again, the black books, uh, the the, the Forge of Black Books are fucking great for that. And you, you'll notice when you, you read through um, the, the campaigns that they just throw these at you, on, uh, and I think on purpose, uh, the, these little asides that, while this was going on, this happened. Well, they, they might not develop that. So why don't you develop it? <laughs> hmm. 
Um, again, uh, to, to get started with like developing a storyline, just get inspiration from where, where, wherever you want and, and make sure that th that inspiration is, is, is coming from, or you concentrate on the stories that you, you, you're trying to tell. You know, if you want to do a, um, a, a series of, of trench battles, well, yeah, go, go look at some World War I stuff. Pick up your copy of the Siege of Rax. Get inspiration from, uh, from that. And you don't have to develop a, a, a complex story from the very beginning. Develop the first battle. You know, what is the first, you know, the initial contact? You know, do a planet strike or something like that. You know, like, what is the initial one? Um, and, and, and then after you've played, you know, like, the initial battle and everything like that, already the story is going to start developing on its own. You know, uh, the, the hero, the, the, the named character that you thought was going to be so badass is taken down by a fucking militiaman with a, with a bayonet. But, like, this one rando that you didn't think was going to do anything, like, this, you know, one, one space marine uh, just takes out a land raider and shit like that. Oh, you know, that guy deserves a name now. This, the storyline uh, uh, will develop, and depending on how the first battle goes, then you can sit down and say, okay, what's the next logical thing, you know? If the planet strike was, was a success, then the next battle should be, you know, um, uh, established debris. Or maybe there's a counterattack. You know, the bridgehead has been established, and now they're faring down supplies. Well, now um, the other uh, player who, who lost, now he's going to mount a desperate counterattack to try to push um, them off the planet. Things like that. Things will develop naturally. Uh, the, the, I think the, the, the thing that people are the most um, afraid of, or maybe not afraid of, or most concerned about when doing narrative campaigning is the idea that they can't develop a, a, a long-term complex storyline. You don't need to. It'll develop on its own. I must say that um, actually, uh, I got in touch with JP a little while ago because I'm I'm planning on doing a, a sort of narrative um, piece here, and I, I I'd sat down and sort of tried to plan out this huge arc and all these other bits and pieces, and just what JP's saying now is exactly what he said to me a message like, just get a starting point and work from there because something's gonna happen that's gonna go and you're gonna go ah okay that means I now have to redo everything or, you know, so there's lots of, lots of ways of just taking it, keep it simple, keep it simple step by step. Uh, and that way you're going to enjoy it more because you can actually have fun with what happens and not, not also not know where it's going to be unless you're GMing it for uh, a group of players. And even then it's nice as a GM just to be able to sort of see how stuff rolls out and not have to worry so much about, you know, are people fitting into your narrative? You react to it step by step, uh, so it can be a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, like like my my first ever narrative uh, campaign thing I was running down at the club back in oh, 2013 or some shit. Uh, it just came off because I played like a, a game uh, with with my mates, and then because so many weird things happened in that game, just like JP said, like you know the commanders fucking they were numpties and. There was like some indestructible fucking veteran sergeant and shit. All of that just like it was so much fun that I just wrote down like a fluff piece about it, and then it kind of turned into a campaign where we had all these characters running around. Like uh, the sergeant basically assassinated the commander and took charge because he was obviously fair. I played with children, obviously. <laughs> That's what they do. Uh, and and then it kind of turned into this kind of story, you know. And it, it all came out of this one game with where so many things happened, and we kind of spun off on that. And they, they 
like the some of the veteran sergeants and some of the commanders started to have their own kind of lives. And then if they, like if they died in game, that kind of added on some other stuff. And obviously, book four came out at that time as well. So we started doing the raiders and garrison missions as part of that, and and we we tried out the campaign system and that as the skeleton adding on to the fluff with all the crazy things happen in, in like the first trial game we had that then it is something we had like a, a, a super cool story with like people like you, you kind of identified with the different little miniatures you had on the table and they were kind of just flewing off and everyone got inspired and started adding on their own little like fluff pieces and stuff so it became like like multiple art authors into this big narrative campaign and it was so cool, like people were writing up. It, it was back in the day when we uh, used like OS 30K and stuff. So we started putting up like little stuff, snippets on, on OS 30K about, you know, what's happening, small battle reports and stuff. So, yeah. So so you don't really need to have like a super plan. You can, you can just take what, I think the easiest way to start is just take, you, you play the game and then try to write that as a story. And then use that as the basis on something's gonna happen because people are gonna end up having vendettas. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a challenge against someone, and then suddenly that becomes some sort of vendetta. Like, holy fuck, you know. And then that that becomes a story. So every time they these people meet, then you can play to the narrative. So they have to challenge. You're gonna try and like, oh, you can you can assault this squad, or he can just run and then try to get his hated fucking you know nemesis over there. And then it it kind of adds on to the story. So yeah, it's it's like it, it it's super easy to just find something cool and then just let it happen. I and I fucking bet that half of the shit that Cape Workshop did back in like the eighties and nineties when they were snorting coke and shit, it's just they just remember old battles and that turned into some sort of fucking fluff narrative. And no, they let's be fair, they weren't sniffing and they weren't sniffing coke, they were imbibing. Um imbibing fluid, fluids and powders that would allow them to um, expand their their <laughs> gaming mind you yeah, can't you can't you, you can't come up with a fist that punches terminators into things if you're not I, fucking I, lit I up on blow <laughs> yeah you've got to be on something it's a, it's either that it's, it's either that or you know everything chaos was lsd related yeah. <laughs> that's um, the totally but really it, cheap thing can be said uh, Freddie, you make such a good point, though, because, um, uh, yeah, the, the, remember, a lot of the characters that we think are so anchored in 40K were actually people's characters. Gaskell Thraka was just, um, I think it was Andy Chambers' orc general, right? And and, and they played enough games that... It was? Yeah, Gaskell Thraka was just, uh, the, the, uh, I believe it was Andy Chambers. Um, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it, he, it, he looked it, back into old white dwarfs, like, he, he, he wasn't, like, a special character at all. No. Until uh, second ed, they made a model cool. for him and Yarek after it was after the Armageddon board game. It was just it used to be just a, a Andy Chambers' orc war boss. He named him Gaskell Thraka, and they used to you know they, they played games with him, um, and, and then um, they used that name for the uh, War for Armageddon board game with the the, the the tiles and the counters and everything like that. And after that, they made models for him and Yarek. But the, the Gaskell Thraka, he's so anchored in the storyline. He's one of the most important characters. He only became important because it was someone's uh, orc warlord on, on, on the tabletop. That is so freaking awesome. And, and, that really is. 
and, and uh, I really like what, what, what Freddie said. I mean, um, fundamentally, uh, characters will rise and they will get vendettas. And, and that's might be the most fun part. Because you could get in a situation, one of the shitty things about actually running a, a, a like grand strategic, I don't want to say competitive, but, you know, um, uh, uh, competitive-ish um, campaign uh, is, is sometimes you'll just, you know, you'll go on a losing streak and it's not fun anymore and you don't really want to, want to, you know, keep going. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, games will just feel, especially when you have sort of mechanics where uh, one side can get stronger, um, depending, uh, for example, if they have a certain amount of strategic points. I mean, there's campaigns where you get like more points if you, uh, and, and then it just gets, gets kind of lame. Unless, winning the battle isn't really that important um for example um if, uh, for for at least two of the the hell games my 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 only objective i didn't care what happened so long as i tried i tried to kill mark's warlord because she was just destroying my entire army constantly she just wouldn't die so it became a vendetta it's like i will get your head um and these things, they, they will develop a little bit naturally, especially, especially, and I know you guys are waiting for me to get to this, especially if you start using um, uh, things like character advancement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we won't wait for you to get there at all, JP, not at all. No idea what you're on. <laughs> what book would that be out of, JP? The best of all of the books, <laughs> Book 4 Conquest. Um. Hold on. Let's let's, yeah. let's 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 pull it up. Real. I think it's it, 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 this is probably the simplest um, way to actually um, uh, do narrative campaigning. There's a very elegant ca character advancement in in conquest, and I think that's the simplest way. If you have if you add no other mechanism um, to to just make things, because often like if you add too much mechanisms, too ma too many tables and, and stuff like that, um, it can get. It, it, it can drag you down into just numbers and everything like that when you're trying to tell a story. But character advancement is the easiest thing to do to actually really um, develop develop storyline. Uh, you guys got your books? Oh, yes. Yeah. All right, where is this? I can usually find it pretty fast. I, I think it, as well, like, if you... If you have book four at home, read along with us. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think... What, what you can do as well with character advancements is, uh, let's say you don't have book four, let's say you have Gork and Morka or some other shit, or Necromanda, you, you can tailor your own character advancements to fit yeah. the theme of the campaign as well. Oh, you know, another thing you could do, I just thought about this, but pull out your old Slaves of Darkness. If, yeah, if, sure. one, if one character starts <laughs> to fall to chaos, start rolling on those D1000 tables. <laughs> yeah, if you like rolling, I was just going to say that. Like, if you're right, rolling heaps, on fucking advancement tables, that's your go-to. <laughs> I was going to say, page 166 in book four, for those of you reading along at home with us, is the page you're looking for. Um, I got 218. Uh, well, okay, well, that's the interesting thing. Running a conquest campaign, fine. Be like that, see if I care. I mean, you're a professional here, JP. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, okay, no, that's the, the conquest system uh, in general starts at 166. The character advancement is in uh, page 218 in um, the conquest system. It's, it's a very elegant system. Um, you have to tailor it. Again, the great thing about uh, the Conquest system, is it's a toolbox. It is not a... F it's not designed to be um, a, 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 a full, complex system. It's supposed to be a bunch of things you can do, 
pick and choose what you want, what works for you and, and your, your, your group of friends. That's, that's an, another of, of the great things about the Conquest campaign system. My favorite thing is the character advancement because it's actually fairly elegant. Um, so the, uh, uh, the way it works, if I remember, I'm, I don't feel like reading, <laughs> like reading it out, uh, is um, if you like win, you get two rolls on the character advancement table. If you survive, you get one roll, and if you lose, you get no rolls or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, um, you also roll, roll off and see what happened with you, with your dude if you, you're killed. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, when we did Helifurion, uh, we kind of... Um, it's because the problem, the problem with the character advancement, if you, if you use it the way it's out of the book, your characters get really powerful really fast. Um, and that's yeah. kind of lame. Uh, if you're planning on doing something... Pardon? Some of, the skill, some of the skills you can get are, like, some of them are, like, super strong. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, in, in this, you can, you can have up to like three um, rolls after a game, which is just too much. So what we did when, when Mark and I did Helifurion, um, we decided uh, to, to just simple it out, uh, to make it a little bit simpler. Um, so instead of like multiple rolls, um, if, you win, if your character survives and wins uh, the game, like your Warlord, um, they get one roll yeah. and they can they get a re-roll on it if uh they uh just survive even if you uh, uh even if you lose if you survive you get a roll so if you win and survive you get a re-roll and if you just survive your character because he's still going to learn something from defeat um and you get you get a roll however if you don't survive you don't get a roll that's that's the way we simp we, we simplified it and it, it worked pretty pretty well but after like eight games, we pretty much maxed out characteristics because everybody's hunting for that toughness five. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way it works, you get to choose characteristic increase. You can roll on um, uh, on different tables like uh, command advances, morale advances, melee, and, and movement advances. Um, but everybody's hunting for that toughness five, uh, and it's hard to get because you need to roll a six and then uh, four it's, to six. Uh, yeah. It's a one to three, I think it is for the toughness. Yeah. Um, no. No. One. Yes, you're you're right. You're one to three. Yeah. So you need to roll a six to, to get that, because uh, if you roll a six, you're uh, you're getting strength or toughness, and that's what everybody's hunting for. You don't really care if you get an extra weapon skill at a certain point if you're you know running your legion praetor. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it's a lot of fun. That adds a, a a great dynamic to it because your character starts to feel important and significant and, and, and start to develop a personality a little bit. Um, you know, just that time that he gets into combat and like whiffs all his rolls. So I was like, well, I would do well to roll on the melee table now. He needs to learn something. He's get better at this. The, the, the only thing I'm missing that I would love to see is if they had you do a character advancement but also get like a negative trait. Let's say like he becomes arrogant or like something mm. like that. Jealous command or something like that, you mean? Yeah, well, sort of like has to accept challenges, um, you know, can't use other people's leadership or, you know, some of those other things as, as the story progresses. So it's not just pure, like he's getting more and more badass, but he also becomes like he develops some sort of personality. And not all personalities are good. You know, there, there will be some, like one of the last three games, now he becomes arrogant, and you know that can have some sort of drawback, and that could be a an awesome factor. Usually, if one side is winning a lot, and that person is 
starting to max out on uh, character advancement, it would be awesome to add on to something like, oh, if, if one, if he has won three battles in a row and done three character advancements, now he has to roll on on another table, which would be like some sort of, you know, fucking, well, yeah, like like a not a, like a, uh, something positive, but it's actually something negative. There is, a, what, sorry. No, I was going to say was if you want to go. I mean, it's almost going full RP again, so role play style. But if you go with uh, certain things, like if you get those, especially if we know there are highly sought after uh, things. So if you get like the plus one toughness, for example, then it automatically comes with some sort of negative. Um, so it's a way of sort of uh, balancing off good with uh, with bad because plus one toughness is short of getting it, um, eternal warrior makes you damn near immortal uh, against most things yep. but maybe the reason you've gotten tougher is because you've become um you've gotten something like jealous command or you know you've gotten something like uh, it's not toughness per se it's actually you've become a bit more of a coward so you know you won't accept challenges unless it's for the highest hq unit in the game or on the opposition side something you know where you can tie in the bonus to a negative so yeah you're you're awesome you're tough but, you know, there's a reason why. Um, and that could be quite fun. Uh, Absolutely. Just it, an immediate thought off the top of my head. Sorry, JP, if you were going in a different direction. Oh, not at all. Actually, I, I completely agree. And there's there's a lot of... Um, th th there's a lot of options for doing stuff like that. And I was going to mention Victory's Vengeance. Victory's Vengeance has this cool um, sort of, like, legacies of, uh, of, of defeat or something table. I don't remember what it's called exactly. If you look yeah. at the Victory's Vengeance rules in Book 3... Um, there's consequences to your character dying, for example. Um, and one of them, I think, is is that uh, people can't use their his leadership because he's, like, humiliated. But there's this great other dynamic where if he does something in the next game, like something specific, he can remove that negative trait. Like, that would be yeah. great for uh, to, to, to port over, to, to, to steal from the Victory's Vengeance rules. I mean, that would be brilliant. Just, again, it's, it's how, again, this is sort of like how deep you want to go into the role play. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've got, if you're playing between a group of friends and say, okay, this is a negative, I, I want to have a try at removing it. Or like, um, like we did at um, the Ajax event, uh, Freddie. If something yeah. epic, you could argue the case that it was a, an epic moment in the story. So it could be quite easy to, to sort of have that in a let's, you know, between players or with a GM or whatever, sort of. I don't want to use the word argue, but talk it out, you know. Yeah. Discuss it out. Does it sense from a story point of view that okay, so maybe it was because he was a craven coward and couldn't take challenges, but he stepped up because he couldn't, because the he was the only one and so and so couldn't ignore, etc. And he did something massively heroic. So actually he's not the craven coward that everybody thought he was. Something like that. Absolutely. And I, I think you hit on maybe the most important thing is that you, you need to um, you need to work for the story. And sometimes things are going to happen in the game that just risk derailing the story you're trying to tell, and you're going to be like, that's dumb, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, uh, example, um, during Heliferion, at one point, um, my, my, my warsmith, Creel Strachantites, the Eater of Men, Slayer of Knights. Slayer of Knights. Slayer of Knights. <laughs> So I can't believe I blew up those two knights with one shot. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, warriors following life. I have to say. <laughs> so at one point, I stupidly, because sometimes you get into it, right? Like, uh, 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 Mark had his um, uh, his his solar auxilia, Lord Marshal uh, Helena Gante, and she had what he calls his, uh, the Onyx Guard, which is her bodyguard, which is the Power Axe uh, fuckers uh, in the Solar Ox uh, list. Um, they are very good at killing Marines. Um, so I had my Warsmith uh, for the first time in, in like in all the games for some reason. It had never happened that he actually got into combat. So I pretty much just charged her um, and, and managed to uh, lose all my Terminators um, or, or something to that effect. Like he was pretty much alone facing uh, 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 Helena Gante and, and like a full squad of. Um, I don't remember what they're called, but the, the Power Axe guys. And it was just like, well, this is just... <laughs> I, I'm playing this in character by him charging forward, but this is dumb. Like, he's just going to get cut down in a second. It's like, so I challenge you. Like, fucking face me by yourself, Elena. And, and it, 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 if you're playing with someone that, that understands what you're trying to do, like the kind of story you're trying to tell, um, and, and that the point is the narrative, the point is communally telling a story, you know, chances are I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll face you by yourself. By, by, uh, um, by myself, uh, so they faced off, didn't kill each other, um, but um, it, 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 again, it, it, you you have to go into it understanding that the goal is to tell a story together and not uh, to just beat face. So, so you have to play with that. Yeah, it's not uh, as much as you want it to be about cracking skulls. There is a point where it is, if you're playing specifically to tell a story you have to remember that you're telling a story um but you know that that's there's a whole lot of wiggle room in between yeah uh, to make it make it fun now i don't want to lose the, the sort of thread that we're talking about here but there is something i'm i'm interested in um and it, it's it's about building narrative not specifically for one story um so bear with me on this one but what I'm thinking about is the the fact that there are some guys, um, I count myself in this at the moment, is that I usually play pickup games when I can, if I'm not um, if I'm not part of a regular member of a club. So, for example, um, I'm going to go and play uh, 30k against a friend's AdMech in a few weeks' time. Um, but if I want to build a narrative, if I want to drive a story for my army in the same way as playing a campaign, how would you guys go about that? How would you go about sort of building that story from one pickup game to another? How how could you do that? If you get me, I understand what you mean. Um, there's some simple things to do, like naming your characters, um, just having an idea of who everybody is, and 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 you have to. Um, I I know you have to make a little bit of an extra effort, uh, especially with pickup games, but. No, why is this? Why is this game important? What is happening here, uh, Freddie? If you recall, uh, remember when we played against uh, uh, Jake and, and and Chris and Pretty yeah. at, um, um, at at Adepticon? And we and faced we down had him with with narrative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we, uh, you know, we were Team Flakjack. We just had like <laughs> militia, and we were facing down um, uh, uh, um, uh, Jake's Mechanicum. Sorry, uh, uh, Pretty's Mechanicum and, and and Jake's Space Wolves. He was playing Space Wolves, right? Okay, <laughs> I had a brain fart for a second there, um, but yeah, like, uh, but, but the first thing we did, and and again, this was the team tournament. But the first thing we did is like, okay, why does this matter? And so we came up with it like uh, off the fly. We came up with a story. It's like, okay, um, there there's been like a misunderstanding, and uh, the 
the, the militia accidentally like shot a thalax dead um, because no one knew what was hap- what was going on. It was a complete misunderstanding, complete mistake. Everybody's like on the same side, but it still turns into a bloodbath because you know blood was drawn, and, and that took like two minutes to do. But then it, it sort of um, uh, informed the rest of the game because suddenly it wasn't just about rolling dice with your friends. Suddenly, you know, there's something important going on, and there's you know, you guys know me like I I, I very like to play to the tragedy of this whole thing. Um, and simple things like that, or and again, I come back to just naming your characters, basic stuff, will already um, uh, uh, put a narrative or forge a narrative in, in even a pickup game. Just ask yourself the question: Why does this matter? Why are we doing this? And often it'll be like totally natural. It's like you're, if I'm playing my Iron Warriors, you're an Imperial Fist player. It's like okay. <laughs> This is not going to be a hard story to tell. But but also you can... You, um, a lot of it, like you said, you can name your characters and stuff. A lot of things can also do with your, your army. Let's say you're you're facing the Mechanicums. You, you, your army already has a story. You, you can track the narrative of your army's story regardless of who you're facing in the mm-hmm. pickup games. So you can still tell a story even though you're facing all these random other people. They might not be part of the overall narrative, but you can still write them into the narrative. You can tell, like, just like we said, like, what, what, why are you facing this admech? What's going on? Well, what's what's up with your story? Figure out your background story for your army, then you just add on to it. Just, like, add on to those layers of what's going on. Like, oh, you faced off against these Mechanicum. This ties into this wider story. Where, where is the background for your army? Like, what planet are they on? Which, which uh, fucking expedition fleet are they on? And how come they're there fighting and so on? And that then you realize it adds onto the story. And then if something happens and you actually write down what happened, like you add a little slur of, of the narrative in into your army background, then the next time you'll face this person again, you'll remember, oh, maybe I have yep. a vendetta against these Thalax because they fucking melted bombed my Spartan to shits, like one one shot these things. And like, they have to go. <laughs> they, they, they die. This is like priority number one. This mission is just now like, Kill protocols. We have to kill all fucking cybernetical, you know, people here, right now, or, or like something like that. Or the oh. next time you face another mechanic and play, you can you play on that. Like you have some sort of hatred towards, uh, you know, Castellax or some shit. Well, everybody does, yeah. though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean that—that's great. I mean, that's—that's that's what I'm looking for. Is just sort of directing, finding different ways of telling the story because I think that's—that's that's the important thing. And one thing I would say is, on on a personal, is to take the opportunity when it comes to um, events that you're going to actually taking some time to maybe try and write up some narrative mm-hmm. ahead of time. Um, I know it's something that we try and push, and we're probably going to focus on a bit more next year with our event series. But um, actually trying to just, you know, get some narrative going ahead of time, even if it's like just, I don't know, a couple of sentences about your army. And then you will you can easily tie your opponent into that and get your opponent thinking about it for you and, and going, oh, this would be so cool if you carried this on. Or, you know, like you were saying, like you know, somebody railroads you with their thalax or, I don't know, I'm just thinking about Bjorn and his freaking vindic- vindicated laser destroyers. <laughs> Uh, you know, Cestus, and it's like, you know, your opponent will get into it with you. 
So it's and it makes a better game for for both of you if you've got a little something you can feed off. Uh, I mean, if you play against someone who's, who has no interest in it, you're not losing anything because you can still take away yourself. But um, I can almost guarantee that if you've got somebody who's into it, they'll be um, they'll be most definitely picking up on that and and sort of throwing their their two cents into it. And you know that that's pretty cool as well. I, th- uh, I think. I think the vast majority of people that have chosen uh, 30k have chosen the Horse Heresy. Um, the vast majority of people do it because of the story, and, and it, it's I have never found anybody resistant to throwing some narrative um, uh, 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 in, in the game. Uh, that said, gotta be careful. You gotta, you, you got you, you don't, you can't exaggerate. Gary Gygax, uh, the uh, creator of of the RPG. Uh, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons had had this amazing quote, which is um, uh, telling someone your uh, telling someone about your character is, uh, is 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 as interesting as telling someone about a dream you had. Um, which means not very interesting. So don't don't exaggerate. <laughs> you know, like you don't want to you, you don't need to tell. Well, you don't need to do what I do sometimes and tell the whole story of this fucking militia guy, uh, who his wife is and all that stuff. Um, very basic stuff is is usually enough. Um, uh, what I found to be particularly um, helpful is is um, going into history and basing characters um, or, or units or whatever off actual historical things because people like really uh, gravitate to that. For example, I can tell you the story of Creolus Dracontides, um, which I've developed his story. I can tell you that, which is you know moderately interesting, or I can tell you that he's based on this French general from World War One called Charles uh, Charles um, who is like the only full general in the whole war to lead charges personally because he would never ask his men to do something he wouldn't do himself and he his, his offenses were so costly that you know he he, he he i think twice he got like removed from command because his offenses were so bloody his maxim was whatever you do you lose a lot of men i mean that's way more there's, interesting than telling my story about this guy that grew up on olympia i was gonna say there's there's, that's that's there's, there couldn't be anything more fourth legion than that i know <laughs> I mean, <it's> there <laughs> Um, so I think history is uh, it, it, um, basing your, your characters on, on historical figures. Not only will it make it easier to develop a storyline, but it's also um, I think uh, people gravitate to it a lot more than um, than 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 um, you know telling someone like uh, the, the the character that you made up. Um, both both can be interesting if if people are on board. Uh, 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 um, both uh, can work, but I like to base um, characters on historical uh, uh, figures, and, and I find that that. People really like, you know, dig that. And it gives you a solid base if you if you're not exactly sure how to go about actually putting a putting a character together because mm-hmm. you know they've done stuff and it happened, so you've got something to follow along with, which is uh, you know a really nice solid way of building stuff up. Um, I mean, well, okay, I'm going to do this because Magnus is here, and so this is for you, buddy. I just want to point this you. out, to you. For those for those legions that have story but don't have um, black books yet, uh, is is there anything else you might do differently? Would you? I mean, would you potentially look at um, you know stuff in the future, uh, as in like forty k and going back from, or anything along those lines? Why not? Make up your own stuff. Um, and and, and this is one of the most fun things you can do. Um, example, um, we were. Uh, when we were doing uh, Hellfurion, Mark and I wanted to do Enemy at the Gates. So we're fucking doing Enemy at the Gates. 
It's a silly movie, but it's fun and we like it. Um, but there's no sniper in, in, in Heresy. And there's not really in, 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 in 40K either, uh, except for Rattlings. Um, so we pretty much made rules for a sniper character. Like, um, and, and it's pretty much just a, like a, a Vindicare assassin with a, hu uh, with a human uh, stat line, except for Ballistic Skill. Uh, but we added something like, you know, she needs to relocate every... Uh, every time she takes a shot, you, you have to relocate her 12 inches. Because, you know, snipers have to relocate. Um, it, 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 that's the, 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 one of the most fun things about, about this kind of narrative campaigning. You know, um, make something up. And if it doesn't work, well, <laughs> don't do it anymore. Uh, it's, uh, it, you ha it allows you so much more flexibility than um, a pickup game or, or anything competitive. Uh, and, and yeah, if, if you want to use Sanguinius, well, fucking make up Sanguinius. And when the rules come out, well, use those rules now. It, it, it's, you have to allow yourself the freedom to tell the story you want to tell. Uh, and if that means uh, breaking the rules, well, break them. Because, like, Games Workshop will tell you, Forge will tell you right away. You know, if you don't like something, just don't do it. This is not... Um, it, it, the, 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 the black books, the, the, the rule books, they're not sacred texts. You know? Use what you like. Don't use what you don't like. And... and the most important thing is to tell your story. Loot and pillage from history and all written works to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah, or you don't even have to look at um, like at what's going on in 40k. You can look at other things. Like there's, there's so many things you can look at. The Siege of Racks, the Battle Wars and stuff. Like yeah, my, my Black, Black Shield Force is basically the origin and origin. Jesus Christ, I'm drunk enough. Like, it's the Astro, Astro Claws. Oh, like cool. Like, when they came out. Yeah. And also, like, my Solar Ox, the Necromunda 9. Uh, basically, in the story, what happens during the Heresy, there's, like, there used to be a massive uh, space station, and the, the ninth Solar Ox, uh, like, Necromunda 9, they were based there, and they were, they were in charge of all the shipping lanes and shit that, that happened around Necromunda. And... Uh, they had some sort of running with uh, rogue psychers up there, and the entire space station crashed into the planet. And the leader of uh, of the Necromunda Ninth was uh, Heldrich Van Saar. But no what? one remembers. Nobody, and they had an STC on the space station, but no one remembers what's going on and stuff. And so basically, they, they became the Van Saars in Necromunda, just to tie it up. Ah. Sneaky, I like what you did there. That's very cool. Nice. But that's a great example of, of the stuff that uh, the narrative allows you to do. I, I, okay, the, the most important thing, and, and I'm going to mention it now because I, I, um, I don't want to forget because this is the, the single most important thing. Um, you can't forget that this universe is a setting and it's not necessarily a story. Um, it's a sandbox. It was always designed to be a sandbox. The less heresy because heresy does have an overarching narrative. But fundamentally, when Rogue Trader came out, they designed a, a sandbox. That's why there's like everything's in it. <laughs> the Imperium is everything. You know, any story you want to tell, you, you, can, you, you, you can tell um, in the 41st millennium that it was designed to do that. Um, and don't forget the almighty, unreliable narrators. If there's something you don't like um, uh, in the storyline or you want to do something different... Um, you don't feel bound by what Games Workshop has written because that's someone's version of the truth. You might have a different version. 
this universe affords you so much flexibility and, and so many opportunities to tell the story you want to tell. Take advantage of that. Yeah, make 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 this universe your your sandbox to play in, and have some fun. And you know, uh, I I'd say very much you know get out to events and you know play different events and don't get stuck in in one narrative or one one way of thinking. Let stuff happen. Um, I mean, I know I will say this for a fact now. I am I'm building a new prayer tool model for my Iron Warriors. It's one of the last models I'm going to be doing for them, um, and He's a rebuild of the prayer tour that I took to Ajax. And he is now a, a cocky ass motherfucker because he or he defeated Sigismund twice in the same in the same sort of theater of war. Once okay, let I'll be honest, once Sigismund did get melted to slag by a um melter lance from a dreadnought uh, a Leviathan, but he's claiming that one. Because, you know that's a death, that counts. Um, and they also instant killed each other in the same round of combat um, in another game. So you know he's got a little bit of a, a, a thing for more of a thing for Imperial fists, and Sigismund's name will appear somewhere with a scratch through it, and maybe even maybe even a gate count. I don't know. I haven't decided how 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 meta I want to go on that yet. But you know he's he's going to have a thing against Sigismund. So every time Sigismund shows up against him. In any sort of tournament, he's going straight for Sigismund, no matter what. It's the most dumbass thing to do because Sigismund <laughs> is one of the old sportsmen, but he's going for him. He's going to go and try and get him and try and survive. Um, but you know, that, that's my little piece thinking out of uh, out of Ajax there. Uh, that and laser destroyers are fucking awesome. But that's just that's the gaming side of it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> My creator is going to try and run a pimp slap, pimp slap Sigismund. Um, yeah, so expect to hear how he dies very often <laughs> from now on. But, uh, you know, it's stuff like that that makes it fun. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how many games have, have we all played? I mean, I'm, um, I don't play very often, uh, but I, I still probably played fucking hundreds of games in, in, um, in, in, in the time I've been in this hobby for several decades. Which is a lot oh, when yeah. you start to think about. It. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, how many games we play? How many do you really remember? You know, I, I don't remember most of the games I've played, but I remember some really cool moments, like when something crazy happens. You remember that, and you can talk about it like down the line. Um, and that's what narrative campaigning is. That that's the fun of it. You know, it's. I might not remember if I won that game back in 1998, but I can. I can definitely remember uh, the the time that my uh, um, Ogrins. Five Ogrins fired uh, 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 their Ripper guns and missed every shot. You know, that kind of, like, I remember that. Um, Not every game. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, it, it's just, uh, it, you, you, you have to just jump on board. And if everybody is, is on board what you're trying to do, it, it, it'll, it'll be fun. And the best part about narrative campaigning, though, especially the t kind that I'm, I'm describing. Essentially, you play a game, and afterwards you sit down with your friend or your friends and, and decide, okay, what, what's, what's the next logical thing to happen? It's like, oh, well, well you know, maybe a counterattack or, you know, um, like when Mark um, uh, tabled me with his knights. It's like, well, the next step is I got to destroy those knights. I mean, nothing else matters to destroying the knights. We're going to play a game which is just about destroying, uh, you know, about uh, an offensive against uh, Mark's knight household. That kind of stuff. So you discuss what can logically happen next, 
and the narrative will take you places you didn't expect. And that's maybe the best part. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Can't really say more than that. That's absolutely awesome. Um, I mean, I'm just sort of looking at the time here because, you know, for, for our uh, listeners, I know we're on a bit of a deadline at the moment uh, for how long we can keep you, JP. But, um, I mean, just on the... I guess it's it's we're going to repeat ourselves if I ask this question, but I kind of feel like I should. Um, have you thought about um, taking it or, or how you would handle it on a an event or, you know, on an event size or, you know, even bigger? Maybe I, I don't know how you could go bigger than an event, but maybe, I don't know, a series of events <clears throat> or a convention or something like that. Have you ever put your mind to that? Sit down and sort of like a logic exercise and go, how would I approach this with the, as far as narrative is concerned? I don't play a lot of events um, besides like a couple times a year, you know, Adepticon and, and I got to shout out my um, uh, buddy, uh, Dan, uh, who, uh, who runs an event in um, a small town uh, in, in, uh, in Quebec near the Vermont border. He, uh, he does an event every year, uh, very narrative, uh, a lot of fun. Um, I don't play a lot of events. It's a little bit more challenging, I think. Um, from my uh, limited experience, I think it's a little bit more challenging um, to do that kind of narrative event um, with a lot of people that don't know each other, um, because it's going to be a little more. Uh, it has to be a little bit more top down, as in, like uh, someone needs to develop the storyline and tell people what's going on, as opposed to what I've been describing, um, you and your friends telling it together. Um, I. But most of the good events I, I've played, like uh, well, Ryan Kimball's event last year, Ascension to Ruin. I mean, that, that, that had a, a really cool overarching story. Um, and I think uh, uh, the best events um, are going to have some kind of story. But again, you can't be too restrictive. So I think it's a, I think, I think it's a challenge. Um, and the way I would approach it um, if if I were to do it, would be after every game, just ask everybody what happened, and and then, uh, like, or, or give me something cool that happened, and then take twenty minutes and work that into the next phase. Make sure that there's a progression. Honestly, character advancement would work well. I don't know why I I, I don't know anybody that does it, but if you're playing a four game, uh, campaign, you know, a four game uh, event in a day, well, throw in some character advancement. Everybody will have fun with it. I, I think it's challenging. I think um, uh, I, I, I would ask that question to a more experienced um, event organizer. I, I don't feel equipped to answer it um, in a good way. If that makes sense. No, I just it was just more just how you how you would think about it more than anything else. I mean, cause it's all about mm. like you say. Uh, you know, it might not be something you have a lot of. Um, experience with but it's good to sort of see how maybe you'd approach it as you said you know if you're doing a one day or it's you know character advancements in there you know maybe if it's over a longer time maybe you slow that down who knows but it's it's nice just to, to sort of bring it up and talk about it um, absolutely more than anything which is what I was going for that's uh, I mean, good for thought I appreciate it I, I don't know how I'd approach it but I'm going to give it some thought because that would be pretty cool. Because I mean, you you know, you, I love I I won't lie. I absolutely love listening to the um, 
Telefurion series, and I'm I'm really having fun listening to that at the moment, and very much looking forward to the um, the next one, which will be dropping when, maybe. Ah, uh, we recorded last month. <laughs> I just haven't had time to to edit it, but um, look, my mission, I gave myself a mission this week. I'm gonna try to get it out before the end of August, which is Friday. So I'm gonna try to get it out. Worst case scenario, like next week, early September, it'll be out. Um, and and that, that'll be episode eight. The mission, <laughs> our original objective was to do one a month. It's just, it was impossible to organize. Mark and I don't live in the same city, so it was just, it wasn't doable. But um, uh, uh, but we'll, I'll, I'll try to have it out very soon. And, and, and it's, it's a good one. Some crazy shit happens, as usual. <laughs> of course. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that happen. And uh, the reason I was mentioning it is because, just to those that are listening, if you haven't listened to it already, Go uh, for God knows why. If you are not, but you should already be subscribed to the Age of Darkness podcast. Uh, go over and have a listen to uh, the Hellfire camp- Battle Campaign series that the, these guys are running, because it is awesome. And there, there, yeah, there are some fantastic moments. I don't want to spoil it, but I think it happens to be in the night battle, the battle against the night. So you mentioned earlier on that somebody <laughs> show up, and there's this fantastic little vignette of audio that just made me sit there and go, I'm never going to be able to achieve this if I ever do something like this. Damn you, JP. <laughs> professional voice actors for this sort of uh, production quality. Uh, but yeah, there's this some fantastic pieces, all of which I can just, after we've talked, I can imagine all came out of the narrative and how it all sort of played out in your heads and how you wanted it to be. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, to, to hear the next one. So God's sake, go over there, subscribe, Listen to it; it's awesome, and you know, get in the two-week hobby challenge as well. We're, you know, I'm really bad. I haven't done one in <clears throat> a while, um, so I will do my best to maybe jump up one of those soon. I don't know. I might have some titans to get done in a time frame or something. You know, <laughs> no idea what that might be, but you know, I, I might need some extra motivation. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'll throw my lot in on the on the on the raffle titans. I think which should be uh, a lot of fun. But um, yeah, have you got any, any shout outs at all, mate? Um, I should probably mention, uh, first of all, just um, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hugely uh, uh, humbled uh, by those comments. I, 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 I don't only come on the show for the compliments, but it's nice. I like talking <laughs> to you guys, but the comments are nice. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. Um, I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't know if Helifurian would work. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know if 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 audio because I, I don't want to do a video. I don't want to do YouTube. You know, I wanted to, I want I I, I, I I what what we were trying to do is something closer to an audio drama than than a YouTube battle report. Uh, we didn't think what it was gonna. We weren't sure it was gonna work. Um, but it, it has been like we've had incredible um uh, a response for for and I think people finally jumped on board for what we were trying to do, um and. Uh, yeah, I should, uh, so if, if I have a shout out to do, it's that um, uh, we are going to be starting a new quote unquote season. I'm going to put out uh, episode eight of Hellafurian is going to be the end of the Hellafurian campaign, uh, but the war uh, is not over, so we're going to be starting a, 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 like a, a, a new season of of the uh, the, the, the battle casts um, this fall. Uh, it's hopefully it'll be interesting because uh, things get real. Get real, huh? <laughs> well, Hellafurian was minor. It was it was a minor skirmish uh, compared to what's ahead. Uh, I 
I, I'm not even going to start speculating because we could be here for hours. Uh, <laughs> I, have to I, think, I think I figured it out. <laughs> have you really? On. Well, let's save let's no. save that off air so we don't spoil it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I want to see this. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yay! Um, okay. Huh. I should. I, I'll stop fanboying for a second. Now. Um, Freddie, Magnus, have you guys got anything you want to add before we sort of bundle this one up? Because I'm just keeping an eye on the time. Uh, yeah, I have I have a question for JP. Will we be seeing you at a DEFCON next year? Um, I'm not 100% sure about a DEFCON because I am going to the Horus Heresy Weekender in February. Um, right. So uh, I, um, I don't know if I can take two vacations in the winter semester. Uh, it's going to depend on, on teaching schedule and everything like that. Um, but um, I've decided that I can do the, uh, the the weekender, so I plan to do that. And if I can do Adepticon, I will do Adepticon and try to, you know, be less drunk this time. No. Then, I, then we won't have anybody to fanboy the authors with. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just be standing there, like, wiggling. Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was leaning Tower of pisa a bit by the end of that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was amazing to just be really drunk, shit-faced in front of like someone that's really cool yeah but... it's just to- taking it and tolerating us being there really drunk in front of him <laughs> probably thinks it's another staff meeting come on <laughs> but uh thank you thank you for reminding me it needs oh, those official those images back but, but I, I want uh, our little Canadian friends to come over to Sweden for some narrative gaming. Oh, absolutely. That's definitely in the cards. Uh, I'm definitely doing it. I'm definitely coming to see you guys. Um, I was hoping to do Scandis, but uh, unfortunately I got dinged with, uh, uh, with a heavy bill recently. Uh, but um, definitely within the next year, you guys are going to see me in fucking Sweden. Guaranteed. I guarantee no, that. You, you, awesome. you heard it first here. It's going to have to be Scandis 2019 because... Something tells me that that shit's gonna blow the roof off. <laughs> I mean, considering what we've got for 2018, and it's usually a case of, yeah, we'll just level it up. Um, it's it's gonna be. It's How gonna be, though? Uh, dude, let's not spoil the magic. We'll do what we oh, always no. do. Five minutes before the event, like we always do. It's fine. Ah, too true. Too true. So let's not spoil it for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And yeah, it would be. You know, I've I've got like an outside chance of maybe making a Depticon this year, uh, and a few other things. So it'd be it'd be very cool to hang out and meet each other in person, and have you over here in Sweden and drinking all the beer and cider and causing all the shenanigans at one of our events because because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating drunk naked Danes and other things that are just oh, dude, why on the why table. Did you have to say that I just had another flashback to Scandus. Oh yeah, God. Just... I want everybody to remember their best moment. That was not my my best moment. It definitely wasn't my best moment. (laughs) Jesus, I've got to do it just to get rid of it. (sighs) But you're going to drag over Mark as well, so he he will kind of be the responsible adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone needs to be be responsible. It's not going to be me. (laughs) It usually ends up being me for some reason. I don't know why. Um... (laughs) I don't want it to be, but apparently it is. Um, but we'll see how it all pans out. But JP, man, thank you very much. For hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
before before oh, before I, I, I before I leave before I, I step off, um, as usual, um, when when I come, guys, I think this is the fourth time I'm on the show, and and I always like to yeah. honor um, my my hosts um with uh but with a request for Swedish metal, um, I've requested at the gates before, and then um. Uh, um, Driller Killer, which is a great Swedish D-beat band. Last time I requested some Bird Flesh, awesome Swedish grindcore. If you don't know Bird Flesh, check out Bird Flesh. Um, this time I'm gonna I'm gonna request a song. If that's okay. Yeah, cool. Sure. This one's not gonna be as obscure as, as Bird Flesh, um, but it's actually one of my favorite Swedish bands. Um, and it, it, I think it's an outgrowth of uh, At the Gates, if I'm correct. Um, but I want to listen some some The Haunted, um, which is uh, one of my like I, I the haunted made me do it was one of my favorite albums when it came out like i don't know like 2000 or something something like that um it's still a great swedish metal album um i would like to uh listen to uh bury your dead but i i i i i want to i i you need to put the two first songs of the album so dark intentions and then bury your dead because they flow into each other that is my request if that is okay dark intentions into bury your dead, yeah. or bury the dead, or bury your dead. Bury your dead. Attentions into bury your dead. It shall be done, because the, the, that is the least we can do for dragging you up early uh, before you go away and drink beer and eat pizza and do you know important stuff. Union um, stuff. Union stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go. Just, I, gotta, I, I, I gotta go to my union meeting. But uh, um, thank you, uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm profoundly grateful as usual. I love chatting with you guys, and I uh, hope to see you guys again soon. And awesome. fucking do more narrative gaming, everybody. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's gonna happen. We're gonna drive it. We're gonna make it happen for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up now. So I'm gonna say again, thank you to JP. Go over and listen to the Age of Darkness. Go and listen to Hell of Fury and look out. Look forward to the next season of it. Look forward to uh, getting out to gaming events and just even if the event itself isn't really narrative based or isn't say, focusing on that, maybe try create your own narrative narrative for your guys for a guy whoever does something randomly cool. Maybe it's a sergeant who you know stands down a vindicate a uh, uh, vindicated tank and and you know melt bombs it to death or you know. <laughs> somebody who does something crazy like runs up and slaps some melt bombs and takes out a titan or just a cool medic who somehow managed to survive every battle and kill stuff in close combat and and just be generally brutal whatever it might be just have a go at making some narrative and if you want to drop us a line with it it would be really interesting to see what people are, are doing with putting the narrative together out there so that'll be kind of fun uh, so yeah we're gonna go out from this with um I can't tell whether they're going to play in or play out with the haunted, but if not, we'll probably we'll probably tack you, put songs on either end from the haunted just because it's UJP and we love you. So we will do that. Um, so we'll be right back with our wrap up just after this.
And we're back. And a massive thank you for JP coming on, shooting the shit, and talking all things narrative with us. That was, although it was recorded a little while ago, that was a whole lot of fun, and I still laugh at it. Yeah. Because trying to come up with, you know, sometimes it's like defining narrative, defining, you know, how you're trying to, what type of story you're trying to tell, you know, where you're trying to tell it, stuff like that. And it's it, it could be such a challenge. Yeah, it really it really can. And JP has a lot of good points on how to make it and start out and stuff like that. So stuff like that. And you should. Yeah. And everybody uh, should I, really try it. Oh yeah, you should. And like I said, the hope is that in in a couple of episodes' time, we'll be able to get JP back on and have a chat with him again, and we'll talk. More specifically, about um, the actual about army focus, actually focusing down on your army and how to make that the best it can be, and and the the most narrative it can be for you as a player, because that's that's what you want to, that's what we you know you want to do. You want to find a story, you want to build a story. It's going to be awesome to do that. So, you know that that I think is the next logical step in where we're going and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to be awesome yeah um yeah so i mean there's not a huge amount to do at the moment as far as the wrap-up is concerned i do need to shout out bsk um uh, boros spell convent or however it's pronounced in swedish because everybody <laughs> knows i ruin it every yes, time i talk sir. about it because that's what i do um and that is taking place on the second, and I think it's the second and third of November. Is that weekend? Yeah. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, Friday the second. Uh, it was BSK as a convention is taking place sort of like over that long weekend, Thursday. I think it's sort of like Thursday to Sunday. But the heresy that's taking place is there's a Titan battle, and that's taking place on the Friday. So that is 28 mil scale Titan Titanicus, effectively. Um, and that's uh, going to kick off at uh, 50, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. And what's awesome this year is that BSK is hosted uh, not just by the, the fantastic dudes from 30K Sweden, but also uh, the, the dudes. I, I want to say fantastic because they are fantastic, but I think, you know, I think there are other words to describe, especially Morton. Um, I'm not sure how many of them we could use. <laughs> Even on our not-so-safe-for-work podcast. Uh, but uh, no, those guys are actually a big part of organizing it, doing everything this year at, uh, at the convention, which is awesome. So they've got that. And then on the, uh, Saturday, on the Saturday is the Heresy event itself, and that's going to be awesome. Um, again, hosted by the, the team from BSK, uh, 30K Sweden, and the guys from Don't Lose Your Head podcast. If I remember rightly, Magnus, you might be able to help correct me on this mm -hmm. one. Um, if I remember rightly, the it's a sort of Istvan, Istvan 3 or Istvan 5? I think it's Istvan 3. Thing, can't can't I remember, remember which planet, but yeah, it's, it's a theme, the, the battle, yeah. Maybe. It should be yeah, three, so, shouldn't it? I think it's pretty sure it's it's three. Yeah, I think it's three. 
Um, but the guys, uh, the guys are doing typically themed events, so it, it's so worth getting in and having a look at. So go over and have a look. I'm just trying to see if I can actually bring it up. There we are. Neelix Prime um, is this one, and it is. If I can find the information, so it's a one-day event, uh, even though because it's two different types of battles. Um, it's a brilliant narrative setup because they did a great one last year. Had a great time. Loyalists versus traitors. So you've got Team Nicholas versus Team Morton. Um, so <laughs> it'll be fun. To work out who the loyalists and traitors are. Yeah. There. They're both traitors in their heart, and they know it. Um, and it's two thousand. You can play three games. And you've got two thousand point list and thousand points of Mortalis. Um, and like I said, it's it's themed around the Istvan, um, the Istvan fights. So that that's going to be awesome. Uh, so that's coming up. Uh, by the time uh, by this time this episode drops, uh, the latest Raltac event in Denmark will have happened. Yep. <laughs> I know I'm not editing this until I get back <laughs> from it, um, and I'm actually going to be GMing that one, so that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So we're going to have some fun doing that. Um, and yeah, I think I think the the heresy scene isn't sort of the events. The officially organized event scene in Heresy is sort of starting to wind down now in Sweden. Um, but the Heresy scene, there are there are no train breaks on this train. Um, and it's just going to keep plowing forward. We've got, I know that there's an event coming up in, I think it's uh, Umeå? Yeah, the Northern. North, the guy. Northern Heresy the Boys. Northern Dilt Boys. Yeah, yeah, Linus and uh, the boys from Northern Heresy are running an event, and that's like at the beginning of January-ish. There's uh, an event taking place. The Dirty K-Boys are doing the next set, uh, Ajax event, again, at the beginning of January. So, you know, it's it's only a couple of months away, and there'll be there'll be some fun heresy coming on. We'll, we'll all be playing battles and, you know, decrying how well things went or, Decrying how badly things went, I should say, like who got you know the banana torpedo <laughs> up the uh, up the tailpipe, or you know all that sort of thing, and you know we'll be talking about heresy the whole way oh, through yeah. because there's no way you're stopping this train. Um, and I think you know I think maybe we should talk. We should let people know we've got some of the ideas that we've got coming up for uh, for episodes. I mean, we've already talked about having JP back. On. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got to get back to our. We've got to get back to our army episodes as well because it's been it's been too long since we've done some proper army breakdown episodes because yeah. um, that's gonna be fun um again we got all the guys who've been running events this year they're gonna come on and, and catch up with us and chat we're gonna see if we can get uh yuka on from finland yeah. and get the Finns involved and you know so make sure you wear your sunglasses for that episode because gondor <laughs> will be calling for aid um, sorry, it's an in joke. Go listen to this, this, this episode if you haven't heard it already. Um, yeah, we are going to be we're going to be previewing next year as well, and I can't wait for that. Yeah, we're, we have some good I, stuff. I just can't wait. To, I can't wait. It's got. I, I want to talk about it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I so want to talk about it now. But we got we got to call our. I, I've got to call on it because it's we have to we have to sort of you know just breathe. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be sexy. It's gonna be heresy. Oh yeah! It, it's gonna be everything it needs to be. So, whew, chill, honey bunny. I'm gonna chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but no, it, it's it's going to be great. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up for you. I mean, uh, can you think of anything I've missed, Magnus? Uh, I just want to sh- shout out to uh, the Cult of Paint Boys. Oh they, yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Today, this morning, they released their first uh, minis. Yeah, they did. As we were, yeah, it looks fucking awesome. And the Kickstarter should go. When's the Kickstarter going live for the brushes? Uh, The brushes it goes live on the twenty fourth. Actually, if you're listening to this now, hopefully you've listened to the uh, special episode that you and I recorded with Henry, um, all about that. And uh, you will learn many things about the miniature line, the the fantastic airbrush series that they're coming up which is just going to be the sexiest airbrush ever. Oh, yeah. We have, ha- ha- we have held these things in our hands. They are so pretty. Um, but the, the other awesome part of that is um, you also get to see just how much fun it is when Discord drops out but continues to record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, uh, it's uh, it's something you're going to get to look forward to. Yeah, but you should keep um, your eyes out and look uh, at their minis. Give them a shout on Instagram and yes. Facebook and give them support. And uh, definitely. definitely worth looking at their uh, brushes because I think they're going to be... If you're looking for a new brush, look at their new series. Um, they made oh, yeah. it for they're our community. Yeah, they made it for our community pretty much uh, for the minis our scale of painting so yeah look at them at least if you're looking for a new airbrush i know there are lots of people not looking for new airbrushes but are still buying theirs oh yes uh, so uh, i need one yeah, yeah. i need I, I want five <laughs> because you know reasons just uh, there is no reason just no reason other than that yes because they, we uh, like we said the thing with henry we got to play with them yeah. You know, we actually got to play with them at the painting course we were we ran, and so worth it. Just so worth it. Go and look at the pictures. You'll know because you don't even need to use them because they're so sexy. Yeah, the black ones. Yeah. So. Oh, they're yeah. so good, and they're so lightweight, and there's oh, uh-huh. fanboy yeah. moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. So you guys go go ha, go over and support the guys from Cult of Paint. We love them. We're going to be getting them back as well. That's another thing. Next year, we're going to be getting Cult of Paint back. We are, we are. Oh, we're just it's 2019, 2018 leveled up. Oh yeah, that's the only way to put yep. it. We 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 go. Yep. We we cannot do anything but go big or go home and. Hell, we're not going home anytime soon. So big it is, and yeah, uh, it's. I'm, I'm going to stop gushing now because it's, you're just going to be sitting there going, "Dude, stop wanking on the on the microphone. It's too much. It's too much. Just shush." Yeah. So I, I hear you guys. I hear you. Um, so I'm going to say, without further ado, that it's a good night for me and me. And remember, guys, keep life like 30k. Be angry in the streets. Be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Branching Heresy Podcast, signing off. Body the body the body the body